0: It can be surprising at times how similar we as humans are. We all experience similar emotions. Sigmund Freud said that we all had similar urges and similar egos. Yet, there are other times when we wonder, how can we be so different? How can there be people out there who are so disturbed? People who do things that are morally wrong and they make us feel ashamed and confused. And yet, there are other people, people who are so unselfish, people who aspire to do good in this world and they motivate us to do the same. In today's episode, both of those sides are represented They are polar opposites, but they are related by blood. Welcome to Mountain Meister. Who are the Mountain Meisters? Committing to the goal and galvanizing you and your team
1: behind that one single focus. Being at peace with that fear and being okay with it. You gain a real appreciation for your life and for what you have.
0: Learn about their extreme lives on rock, snow, and ice with your host Ben Shank. Hello, everyone! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mountain Meister. This is Ben speaking, your host, and today with me, I'm excited to welcome Rob Young. Rob, welcome.
1: Hey, buddy! Thank you very much. I'm I'm blessed to be here.
0: Rob. Quite simply, we have people on this show who do incredible things, and your version of that is running at least 367 marathons in 365 days to raise money for charity, but there is so, 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 so much more to your story than that, and honestly, I'm having a little bit of trouble putting your story into words I've had this non-stop sensation of chills for the entire time I've been reading about you. I hope that we together can allow our listeners uh, that same sensation. Anyway, first I normally like to start with lighter topics. Um so for the listeners, let's let's picture the person who's running 367 marathons in 365 days. And then I want you to envision a different person. This person is from the UK and wearing a kilt. However, they're the same person, Rob. You wear a kilt when you run. What are you doing?
1: Oh well, basically it all started uh my very first one I, I said to some uh, a bunch of kids, I said, Hey guys, go go away, find me some clothes to wear and uh, and I'll wear whatever you want me to wear on my first run. So they went away, they found a kilt, they uh got me multicoloured fairy wings, multicoloured wand, uh they got me purple scuba goggles and uh um and i said i said to them what about my shoes and obviously i ended up having to barter for my shoes as well so <laughs> i gave them some pocket money uh to allow me to wear some running shoes and and that was it i didn't have a top and uh pretty much the the next day i went off and ran my first marathon and uh and, and they loved it they loved seeing me in in that gear and uh I pretty much enjoyed seeing their faces light up, and, and that's how it's, it's stuck with me ever since. So obviously, I've changed the fairy wings and the purple scuba goggles for a running vest and obviously to uh, long, uh, knee-high, uh, multicolored socks now with daisies drawn all over them and, uh, and other weird uh, designs as well. How does the kilt work for running? Well, it's terrible, <laughs> especially when you get wet. I, I mean, uh, On the weekend, I went uh, to do a, a mountain race. Uh, ran through a river, got absolutely soaking wet, and my goodness, it's it's really really is heavy to deal with. And uh, but it, no, we we it's become part of me now. It's become almost as if I mean you could literally pretty much attach it to my body, and uh, I'm happy to live in it uh, for the rest of my life. I think now I've got so used to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this is going to be a really interesting conversation that may in fact turn out to be very different from our others. Normally, we talk about what our guests have already accomplished. They are reflective, but in this case, you're in the middle of the endeavor. What number are you on? How many marathons are you in?
1: Uh, so uh, basically, I'm going to be running my 205th marathon in 192 days. I, I believe I'm 12, 13 marathons ahead uh, at the moment in terms of days. And, uh, uh when I say marathons, um, I like the hundred mile races or the 120 mile races. I only count them as one marathon cause it's one race. Uh, so, um, I'm, I'm probably be another 20 marathons ahead, maybe 30 marathons ahead. If I counted the actual number of miles I've run, uh-huh. uh, but cause I only count, uh, those distances as one marathon. Um, I only, I only say that I've done 205 marathons now and, wow. uh, 193 days, or 192 days. Sorry,
0: your standards are high. I would normally consider a 120 mile race uh, five marathons, but hey,
1: just the one, buddy. That's that's in my eyes, that's all it counts because it's one race and it's uh, one marathon.
0: Mm -hmm. Are you more tired physically or emotionally at this point?
1: Um, I think I think the running side of things it's it's not too bad. I'm not so tired with the with the running uh what is very tiring is getting from one event to the next and uh and, and pretty much all the logistics of the of the actual getting around what's involved in it
0: mm-hmm. i want to uh, i want to stress to the listeners rob is still working a full-time job and if you thought that you had difficulty balancing your time rob you run on a marathon before every day at work
1: yeah so pretty much i i run my marathon as um, soon as i finish the marathon i throw on some clothes i jump on a train, I I go straight to my workplace, Uh, I do my days well I I have a quick wash in the sink and uh, because there's no showers there so I have a quick wash in the sink and um, pretty much work the full day which is uh, nine hours Um, and then go home give my boy and the missus a kiss and then it's pretty much eat, uh, wash um, obviously respond to all my my wonderful fans out there and, and to all the people that are following me and I always try and make an effort to respond to absolutely everyone what messages me because for me, I find a lot of elite athletes or a lot of athletes in general don't actually communicate with their fans and, and for me, if you're in that position, then you should in theory relate to your fans and, and, I, and I like to think that I'm, I have a very good connection with everyone here in the UK and hopefully I can do that again uh, in America and, uh, and obviously just take my story further afield And I think I'm doing that at the moment and we'll see where we go with
0: it. Absolutely. And I think your story is going to resonate with a lot of people, a lot of our listeners. Uh, And I I agree with you that it's your responsibility being in the position that you are now to engage with all of these people. So thank you for that. When I said in the beginning of the show that there is so, so, so much more to this story, I wasn't kidding. Your childhood childhood was characterized by something so disturbing and morally wrong. You say on your website that your early years were difficult and painful, full of experiences you survived rather than lived. Rob, your father abused you. What do you remember from that?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I've, I've been through every experience you can think of in life. Uh, as a child, I've I've been through where where I've been thrown down the stairs and suitcases and uh, being hit with planks of wood. Um, I've watched uh, the raping of my sister um, and, and various other bits and pieces. And uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's been a tough, a tough childhood. Uh, at that time, obviously, I thought it was normal. Um, I thought you know everything that happened then was normal. It wasn't until I ran away because obviously the, the last day, I uh, my dad tried tying a rope around my neck and lifting me up off the ground and uh attaching me to the wall and and uh I thought my life was going to end that day because I'd watched my dog get hung previously so I've obviously uh had experience in and in viewing that or viewing the death of something so it wasn't actually a sad moment for me it was actually a peaceful moment for me because I thought that was going to happen to me and uh, and I was happy to get away from that circumstances and um i didn 't know any different uh, than than that, and then obviously when i we ran away and I got taken into an orphanage and uh, I was moved around uh, the country until i got um, got adopted uh, at the age of eleven i didn 't know any any differently so i i didn 't know it was wrong, but then obviously I figured out uh, as as the years went on, it was wrong and it was a bad childhood, but I came to terms with that and I accepted it and I, after many many years, I forgave my father, and I've never had a problem discussing it. And I think that's what we need to try and get out to people that don't be frightened uh, about your past or your or what's happened to you. You can actually get over what you've you've been through and talking about it and uh, sharing it. Um, there's no shame. I think that's the biggest thing about all of this. It's it's the shame. It's not the fact that it's happened, and it's painful. It's it's it's. Uh, I think a lot of people find that. I'm ashamed for what's happened to me, but you know what it's not your fault. You couldn't have done anything about it it's It's not your fault, so don't be ashamed about it. actually go out and uh, and say, "You know what I'm not ashamed for my past, uh, what I can control what happened to me and and I'm telling my story now and uh, and be positive about your life.
0: How did you come to that realization? because obviously there are people out there who don't come to that realization what What clicked?
1: Um, I think um, when I was about eight years old, and um, I, I, I was quite—I'll I, I, put it quite bluntly—I I think I was quite disturbed in the sense of I didn't know what was going on with me because I was moving around in orphanages. I was being bullied. I was trying to be the person who I was trying to bully. So now I didn't have to get bullied. Uh, so I was—I was—I was getting in all sorts of trouble. And and then someone said to me, I think uh, one, one of the carers—they—they they turned to me and said, "You're going to end up like your father." And, and that clicked and as soon as i heard that that was it there's was, i was there's no way that's ever going to happen to me uh, i'm never going to be like that and that's that's when everything changed for me and uh, that's how i i started to move on um and i i pretty much uh, was happy to discuss my past with with anyone really and, and 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 as of late it's become a lot more easier to talk about it yes there are some uh, subjects which are touchy for me but if i can share my story then i think anyone else can share their story and uh and pretty much move on with their life and just get over it really
0: you said that there are touchy subjects for you now and i don't mean to press you too much but uh, as you said talking about it is part of the recovery
1: process what is touchy for you now um i, th- I think uh one real moment what makes me sort of well up um and, and that's uh when we left uh, my father, we went uh, to like a safe house and he found us there. So we ran away from there. They put us into another safe house and we didn't feel secure there. So we started to walk from there to where my granddad's was. And it was, I think it's about 500 miles. And uh, after a day's worth of walking, uh, obviously we slept in a ditch and, um, uh, and a car passed us earlier one one morning going down towards, uh, obviously you don't know the, the UK I don't mm-hmm. think uh, too well but basically from the north of England to the south of England they passed us uh, going down and uh, on the way back they obviously saw us again and uh, they pulled over and um, the guy got out and and I was uh, trying to protect my, my, my mother and my sister and uh, then obviously you can see that I was in distress and he got the uh, the lady that he was with um, out the car as well, and uh, eventually everything was okay, and they took us off to a sort of like a roadside restaurant, mm-hmm. and there was. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm uh, breathing heavily now because I'm talking about something which I've never actually talking to anyone else about. Actually, um, so take your time. Though they took us to um, the, uh, a restaurant and I've never really had any real good food my entire life. And um, my, my mum would have to make a pot of stew and that would have to last me until the end of the week, uh, pretty much one whole week. And um, by sort of mid, mid week, it, it would be moldy and everything else. And, it, you know, cause it was always left on the stove. Uh, so it wasn't very good food to eat. And uh, I remember them buying uh, a burger and, uh, it was uh, the first bite I had of this burger. It's the it's the it's the best tastiest thing I've ever tasted in my entire life, even to this day. And I remember it quite clearly. Obviously, having that and and that really touched me. That someone else was there to care enough to give me something which I never had in my entire life. And that's I think that's what I want to do now. I want to inspire people to uh, to open up and 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 don't be frightened and don't be scared because there's always people like me what's there to to back you up and always uh, there to help you
0: out. Have you ever been back to taste that burger again?
1: Uh, I don't think I'm going to find a tastier burger than that one. (laughs) I might have to come over to America. I hear that you guys do really good burgers over there.
0: Yes, you heard correctly. The burgers here, good is probably an understatement. They are juicy, dreamy. As you can tell, I'm very hungry right now. And to be completely honest, I've heard that the burgers in England are terrible.
1: I I probably agree with you. I've I've, I've seen some of the TV programs and it's been a bit of a dream to come over there and and taste some of your burgers and race some of your races over there. So maybe I can do both at, uh, at some point down the line.
0: We would absolutely love to have you, Rob. And for the listeners, we're going to talk about ways that we can make this happen after our discussion here Let's go to the running now, Rob, and we can talk a little bit later about how you reflect on your childhood experiences. I mean, you've, you've had a, a recovery process, as you said. Do you think that the running is part of the recovery process right now?
1: Um, no. I don't know if you know about how it all started, but uh, pretty much my, my partner, uh, I, we were watching one of the marathons over in the UK, and uh, I turned to my partner and said, so I'd love to run a marathon. And she pretty much turned back and said, buddy, you're not going to be able to run a marathon ever. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? I can run 10 marathons. And then she said, no, no, I bet you, blah, 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 um, that you can't do it. And I said, yes, I can. Okay, that's it. I'm doing 50. I got to 50 and I was like, I'm, I'm not doing anymore. That's it. I'm going to try 50. And we started off and uh, it, it just progressed from there. And I've always wanted to raise money for free great charities or, or, or some charities um, which I've been through in the past. And uh pretty much I've always wanted to do a long long distance and a um a long distance event. And uh it all pieced together very quickly and it all sort of gelled together and, and that's how it all came about. mm mm-hmm.
0: One thing that I, I really love about running, I do a lot of running now, not not even close to the amount that you're doing. I shouldn't have even said that. That just, just makes me feel terrible that I said that I do a lot of running. But marathons, or I, I'm training for the New York City Marathon. You got to do a certain time for that. I'm running it for charity as well. Okay. Um, I'm running for the Challenged Athletes Foundation. As our listeners know, they provide support to athletes with physical disabilities. Fantastic. Uh, Really, really looking forward to it. But I'm doing that one time. You're doing a marathon every single day and more. As I was saying, I, I love how I can just get lost in my thoughts when I run and you're spending a significant amount of your life running. I want to kind of dip into your mind. What, what kind of thoughts are going through your head when you're running?
1: Oh, to be honest with you, when I first started, I had every thought in the world. Um, once you run as much uh, as many marathons as I ran in such a short period, there's there's uh, you pretty much thought of everything, and and then it, it, it comes down to more about having fun and interacting with everybody and that's what I think that's the beauty of running it's the interaction of other runners and I don't care about coming first I don't care about coming last my my for me I'm doing a challenge i got okay yes I got to run at a certain pace because I don't think for me uh, as a okay-ish runner um I don't believe that I should be running you know really really slowly and like i mean i don't believe that i should be walking the entire race when i can actually run mm-hmm. um i mean if i if i get to a point point where i can't run anymore and i have to walk then yeah fair enough but um for me i i think about number 3 because i always run the first 3 miles very hard and very fast mm-hmm. and uh, as soon as i get to uh, 3 miles i then get into a comfortable pace so no matter wherever I am during the race, let's say I'm at mile 13 or mile 14, I say, buddy, you're, you're only at mile three. So my mind switches back to getting back into that comfortable position. Hmm. Um, and if I'm not racing, um, you know, going out to race hard, uh, then I'll just uh, sit back and I'll grab loads of water or some food at the fee station. And I'll actually make sure that when I see the runners coming back towards me, uh, further along the road, I'll hand out the water and hand out the sweets or or, or whatever they may have, um, and I just make sure that I try and communicate with the runners. And I think that's the beauty of running is is helping each other out and and, and just pretty much sharing the running together. And I think the running community is actually more of a family community. And I think uh, I mean you probably know this, uh, you know how, how much support that you get around uh, the courses and that when you run. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the beauty of running
0: there's so much passion in your voice yet the first marathon you ran was not that long ago. Did you ever envision discovering something like this?
1: no i mean i it's, it's quite quite interesting because I've been tested uh, by over it. it's the national body it's the Institute of sports exercise and health mm-hmm. and uh, they they've tested me at uh, quite a long um, extended period and They've realised that I can keep running for hours and hours and hours and hours for as long as I really want to, at about 11 kilometres an hour. So I can I can run, you know, 12 hours, 15 hours at 11 kilometres an hour, and I can keep at that pace for as long as I want to keep at. And um, I've done stuff where I ran 60 miles to get to a race start. I run a marathon, and then you know I run off back to the station, which is another 20 miles. Uh, to jump on the train, so um, you know, one weekend I did uh, three hundred and three kilometers in uh, less than forty-six hours, and uh, again, that was fairly comfortable as well. Um, uh, but as long as I keep at that sort of pace, if I start going too fast or too slow, I get tied very easily because I'm 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 out of my optimal prime uh, or my optimal mm. uh, uh, race pace, if I can say that.
0: This is. Absolutely incredible, Rob. And I'm sure you've been told this so many times before. We normally like to get a gear recommendation from all of our guests. And I'll say that we don't always talk about gear on the show. But when we do, we prefer that it comes from a person who's going to run 367 marathons in 365 days. Rob, give our listeners something they have to have.
1: Uh, They have to have a kilt to start with. (laughs) They have to have long, multicolored socks, and uh, I don't know if you've—I uh, don't know if you can possibly post a picture of. Uh, um, maybe I can send you a picture, and you can post what I wear. I think pretty much everything that I'm wearing is 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 the standard. I, I reckon everybody. I think every race they should have a standard kit list of a kilt, in every race. In, in fact, let's do it.
0: I love it. You know, there are zombie runs in the United States. There are paint-colored runs. We need a kilt and colored sock run. Let's in- do it. Let's do it. You will absolutely see a picture of Rob in the kilt in the colored socks on our website mtnmeister dot com under Rob's Meister profile page. As we start to wind down, I wanted to return back to how you reflect on your childhood. Do you know where your father is now?
1: Uh, I believe he's in prison. Um, he, I believe, um, he, he, he got. Uh, done a game uh, for, for rape a game and uh, uh, I only found this out uh, some eight or so years ago when I tried uh, uh, getting back in contact with my mother and that but obviously that didn't work out too well so I um, I'm pretty much I've got my own family now I've got two wonderful kids and i got a great partner and and to be honest i got a really good team around me and i got a really good uh, good place uh, to live and and, uh, so life is wonderful for me. Uh, and I don't really want to do, you know, that, that's, that's, that's the old family. That's, that's my past. And I, I believe my life and my family starts with the, my current family. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, going forward when my children have children, the family line starts with us.
0: So there are many times when children with abusive parents, grow up and do the same things to their own kids and you mentioned that somebody had told you that you would end up like your father have have you have you felt those kind of sick emotions or can you even relate to that
1: no no because for me everyone chooses their path and uh um if i chose the path which uh, most uh, psychologists or or most people say that you know, while well, this percentage will go down that line because of their father or because of their past, I, do, I think that's total nonsense. I think I think that's wrong because everyone's got the choice in life. You've got a choice to do I don't know, go to your car and get in your car and drive somewhere. I've got a choice to go and run a marathon. We all have choices, and therefore it's your choice or that individual choice to go and do those things. Uh, to that person so if they go and do those certain things or whatever you do in life it's your choice and therefore you're held responsible for what you've done because it's your choice
0: that's an interesting point you bring up about choices the human brain is just a weird weird thing Uh, you made the choice to run all these marathons how have you changed as a person from the first until now
1: I think I've become a lot calmer. Um I'm uh um a lot quieter when I speak or a lot quieter in person. Um but pretty much I I just uh I suppose I I see more of myself trying to inspire more children. Um I see myself maybe not a role model because I think there's a lot of role models out there but maybe I can at least Try to inspire some people, and I and I see myself as that that sort of person. Is is uh, I, I can relate to people because I've I've been through it and I've I've been there and I've done it. And I think because I can relate to them, um, I have uh, a very good understanding, a lot more understanding than a lot of people. And and I think that's what people in this world with circumstances that I've been through. I think they need people like myself to be able to relate to in order to come out with their story and 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 be. Um, open with 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 themselves as well
0: Mm -hmm. so many inspiring people on this on this podcast who have faced adversity and rebounded from serious hardship Uh, you're a perfect example of that and when you have every reason to quit whether it's in your current endeavor right now or what you faced as a child for some reason we as humans just keep going and we're so resilient do you feel like consciously feel that resilience inside of you
1: yes definitely i think everyone's got it and uh it's the you know it's the two two phrases i use a lot is beyond limits and i think everyone can go beyond their limits and there's another phrase which is never give up and i think that everyone if no matter what you do when you start getting tired or when you're doing some work or whatever you're doing, you're getting to that point where you can't go any further and you say to yourself, never give up, you know what, you'll push through and you'll keep going and then you'll end up reaching your, your limits basically and you'll pass through those limits and keep going and, and I think they're the two phrases for people to remember is beyond your limits, you can achieve that and never give up because if you never give up, you're going to reach going beyond those limits.
0: I've said this before, and I will say it again, we try to do a lot of things on this show. But if there's one thing that we do really, really well, it's that we present things that are so incredible that it just really puts everything else in perspective. Thank you for telling us your story, Rob. I really enjoyed picking your brain. For the listeners, what Rob is doing cannot be done without support. I highly encourage you to check out MarathonManUK.com. I'll have the links posted to our website. You can learn a little bit more about Rob's story and really, really look at it and consider making a donation to help Rob come over and visit the US and run a few miles over here.
1: Well, Ben, to be honest with you, there is is a way where maybe your listeners can um, come and meet me and uh, maybe I can meet them. Um, I'm I'm thinking about coming over to doing some, I think you've got a race, which is race across America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, I might actually put in uh, for a few of those stages. And I mean, if the race organizers are very, very helpful and, and, and look after me, maybe, maybe I'll be able to uh, get some entries to go and run some of their races. And maybe if I can do that, I can come over and I can meet some of your guests and maybe meet you in in person as well and and, and say hello to you guys.
0: I would love nothing more, and we'll get you a cheeseburger while we're at it. Uh, ben, one more question. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, I got the I got asked this question. I think you should ask this question to every runner that you have on your show. If you could do one mile after you've done all your training, what would be your mile time? And I reckon you should have a leaderboard. And I reckon you should you should say. I, I said to myself that I reckon I could do three uh, f- uh, four minutes thirty. Dean uh, Canassius, mm-hmm. he said that he could do um, four minutes twenty nine. So he's a minute uh, a second quicker than me. So I think we should put out maybe every time you do one have a a minute mile or a, a, a one mile best effort. What could you do?
0: One mile best effort. I love it. What could you do? I think that. Well, uh, you know what? I think that I could do 5.41. How's
1: You're that fitted. sound? I reckon you can do faster than that. You faster? look like a good All right, fan.
0: yeah, yeah. I think I could do faster. Okay, so, well, maybe you can help me with this answer. I ran a 5K in 1939 the other day. So those are 619 miles. What do you think I can do for one mile? Maybe 519?
1: No, you have got to be able to do that. You're gonna have to. You got to be close to five minutes. You are way too optimistic, Rob. No, buddy. Seriously, I reckon you could. I reckon five minutes. But you're doing three miles. See, right? the- so let's cut it down to one mile. You got. You got. You have your best physios. You have got the best doctors around you. You got the optimal training that you can possibly do. You got no worries in the world. You got to do one fast mile. All one- right. All right. Well, let's. Well, so
0: hmm you've got me in a conundrum because i am a realist rob um but i do need to be a dreamer too well should i try
1: to break five minutes you know what? one of my one of my charities is dreams come true make your dream come true tell me what your mile can be all right
0: 459 how's that 459
1: fantastic
0: <laughs> i gotta shoot for that i'm working on the distance for the marathon after the marathon i'll work on the speed how's that sound
1: buddy any
0: other requests when you come over to
1: america you guys, you guys, uh, um, last time I came over to America, you guys do uh, this Red Mountain Dew, right? like the drink? Yeah, like the, yeah, it's like Red Mountain Dew. Yeah, Code Red, I think it's called. Oh, Code Red, that's the one. Uh huh. Do you and like that, that stuff? Was, that, was, that was my favorite drink at one point. Really? Um, yes, <laughs> it was my favorite drink, and uh, and now in the UK, I've been looking for it everywhere. They don't have it in the UK, so uh, <laughs> when I come over there, honestly, I'm I'm, I'm you know, when you go do it, if I ever go and do this race in, um, across America and do some of the races, honestly, uh, the entire boot is just going to be full of code red. You
0: stock up on Red Mountain Dew. Honestly. Burgers dude, and Red yeah. Mountain Dew. What a diet. At least you're running it off.
1: Chips, whatever you guys got in terms of food and, and code red, I'm all over that.
0: Rob, we need to have you over for more than just one race because then you can really experience all that America has to have. You could go down south, get some uh, get some barbecue.
1: Oh, dude, I'd have to do the entire race across America, mm-hmm. I think. Right, yes, experience every single... Honestly, I think that's gonna be my dream. There you go, there's my dream, there's my wish. That's your wish, yes, okay. That's it. So
0: so I'm running a 459 mile somehow, I haven't figured out how yet, and yeah. Rob, I'm, you're going to run across America. In, I'm going to you...
1: run across America... Uh, and i'm gonna have an entire boot full of code red
0: i'll tell you we run this podcast out of boston and you have to have a lobster roll and some clam chowder that
1: is awesome i I'm think all the, over that as well
0: the clam chowder goes down really well during a marathon
1: i'm, I'm up for it buddy <laughs> I'll, I'll do it every mile i'll go for it every mile
0: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today rob it has been lovely having you
1: thank you very much it's very very kind for you guys allow me to come over to uh America on your show and, uh, and hopefully uh, some of your listeners can get some inspiration from what I've been through and, and hopefully together we can help some people out.
0: Hey everyone. Thanks for listening to that episode with Rob Young, Marathon Man UK. One of those stories that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up and if for some reason this didn't do it for you... Rob has just created a video that tells his story with the Coldplay song Fix You playing in the background, and you might just shed a tear watching that. We have it posted to our Facebook wall. It'll also be on Rob's Meister profile page. Check that out. Also, consider making a donation so we can get Rob over here to try some American cheeseburgers, some Mountain Dew Code Red, lobster rolls, clam chowder, some Southern Barbecue, maybe some Georgia Peaches, Florida Oranges, California. Hmm. We'll stop there. Thank you for listening to me rant. If you like this podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, or any other platform. I'm Ben Shank, and you've been listening to Mountain Meister.